love Pastor Doug. I, I love coming here. I love the fact that Doug calls me this boy. I, I love that. I mean, I'm coming back, you know. It's, um, it's actually really fun. I've got four kids. Uh, the el- my eldest, uh, she is 20. Um, she's a professional ballerina. Got a son, Daniel. He's 18. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's fearless. I mean, literally, <coughs> which is a problem for his parents. <laughs> yeah, you know. And then I've got a 12-year-old, Jemima. She's, uh, she is the most dramatic child in the universe. I have no idea where she gets it from. Uh, <laughs> and I've got a little girl, Mystery. She's five years of age. Maybe I'll tell you some stories about her. She's a real unique child, carries the presence of God in a very unusual way. Um, I have literally seen her in, in worship. Um, she'll be worshiping at the front and accidentally touch the knee of the adult next to her. And the next thing, the adult's out on the carpet trying to work out, how did I get here? <laughs> and, uh, and that happens on a fairly regular basis. Um, I've seen her look across an auditorium and just look at someone and they just burst into tears. And they just start weeping because they're feeling the presence of God and the love of God. And she's a little confused. She's like, okay. Um, so that, that's really, I'm really blessed to have that. But the, the fun thing is, of course, is with my 20-year-old, I, I've been having so much fun lately. Because everywhere I'm going with her, I take her out. I still date my daughter. I've been dating her since she was uh, about five. We did our first daddy date. And... Uh, and uh, it was so good. My first daddy date with my daughter, we uh, took her out. And I s- said, honey, I'm taking you out because I want to teach you um, how a boy must treat you. And, and you know what? They don't treat you like this. Just don't give them the time of day. All right? So you know, I said, hey, you're my princess. And she dressed up in this beautiful little pink thing with uh, plastic high-heeled shoes and her plastic jewelry. It was, it was gorgeous. And I took her out for uh, <coughs> cake and tea. Uh, she wasn't all that interested in a high-class meal, but I pulled her chair out and pushed it out. And the waitress comes along and says, um, so, princess, what would you like? And uh, she orders, and she goes down. And then later on, another server came by and said, wow, princess, and just called her princess and chatted to her. And um, later uh, that day, uh, at the end of the day, I took her to a shop, and we bought, um, I said, okay, part of the thing, I'm going to get you a little gift. And, and she picked out something, and as we're checking out, the lady behind the counter looks over, and she says, is that for you, princess? And, and this is like the third time, and she's a little bit struck by this. And she turns to me, she says, pulls me, she says, daddy, daddy, how can they tell? And I, I, I just looked at her and I said, it's obvious, baby. It's obvious. Just, just get used to it. But I still date that princess. And so um, a couple of months ago, I went out to a movie. It was so much fun. And I walk in. And, and you know, when I go out with my girl, I kind of put on my best, you know. And I walk in. I've got this tall, elegant, gorgeous, I mean, honestly, gorgeous ballet dancer on my arm. And the guy selling us tickets goes, uh, would you uh, would you like uh, normal seats or would you like to um, uh, would you like to have the love nest seats? You know, a, and my daughter looks up and says, "He's my dad." And uh, the the uh, <laughs> this guy goes, "Oh oh 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 oh!" I'm like, "Oh, calm down, buddy, calm down, calm down. No need to panic." You know. So I'm I'm a very blessed man. For those kids, a couple of years ago, I wrote some stories, and uh, I've got them on sale at the back. This is the first one. It's called The Donkey's Burden, and they are stories about the birth of Jesus, but they're designed to bring the presence of God into the center of your family at Christmas time. And so I wrote them for my kids, and after about 10 years, they were saying, Daddy, you need to get these published. And so I found a wonderful illustrator who's literally done a separate canvas for every single page of the five stories. And uh, so, and she's just so gifted. 
And they are beautiful stories. I actually feel like the Lord just gave me these stories. And they're designed to bring the presence of God every Christmas into, uh, into your home. So that, you know, the, the, the whole purpose of Christmas, it was Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. And so it's, it's designed to do that. So they'll be on, the, on sale at the back. It's $12 for a book, and um, I've got it at $50 for a, a set. So you can find out more about that um, afterwards. So, yeah, I, I'm just so excited to be here. I thought I'd start by telling you a couple of stories about some of the things that God's been doing around the world. Is that okay with you? And then I'll share my message. So if it's, if it's a little bit long... Um, it's Doug's fault. I have no idea why, but I'm blaming Doug anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. That's what friends are for, right? Yeah. So I've been doing, uh, doing some traveling. I did quite a bit of traveling. And oh God's, it, it's amazing to watch what God is doing around the world. You know, um, I, I want to tell you, you know, people often come up to me and they go, they go and they say things like, oh, that's a real hard place. God can't break through there. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll be sure to bear that in mind. You know, I'm sure God's real intimidated. And um, so I recently got back from Gabon, which is a Central African nation right on the uh, equator, a very, uh, very poor church I was ministering in. And um, we've been there three times now. And the signs, wonders, and miracles that God is doing in that nation are absolutely extraordinary. I, I would encourage those of you who are keen lovers of the, the presence of God, this, this particular church and their movement in Gabon, they are hosting the presence of God in their services in the most extraordinary way. And particularly with children. Um, well, I mean, actually, it's particularly with everyone, but the, it just struck me some of the things that God's doing with children. So while we were there this time, someone comes up to me and said, did you hear about baby Elisha? I'm like, no. What, what? He said, no, the last time you were here, do you remember that, the service when the, the joy was poured out? And I kind of thought, I thought, that was pretty much all of them. And they were like, yeah, but, but Elisha, baby Elisha got hit with the joy of the Lord. And the six-month-old baby, the joy of the Lord came on this baby, and the baby started laughing with the joy of the Lord. And laughed and laughed and laughed. Now, I, you know, when a, when, a kid, when a baby laughs, it's cute. But this baby continued laughing for three and a half hours nonstop in mommy's arms. And mom was really chuffed at first. But after three and a half hours, she began to get worried. She thought, hang on, this is enough now. Um, has my baby just lost it, you know? And began to think, man, maybe... Maybe she'll never stop, you know. It's three and a half hours, a long time. So she took the baby to the pastor and said, no, that's enough now. Can you pray that it stops, you know. And, and the pastor prayed uh, for the baby to stop laughing. And God didn't listen. And they took the baby home. Baby continued laughing for another hour at home. So you imagine a baby laughing with the joy of the Lord for four and a half hours. Isn't that amazing? Why don't you give the Lord a hand? You, you know, the, the Bible is, uh, it says that signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Now, you know, people often go, you know, what, what's the purpose of that? You know, um, you, know, you know, was there some deep need? I think the baby just wanted to laugh, you know? It's a sign that makes you wonder. That's what it is. It's a sign that makes you wonder. And, and, you know, wonder has two different components to it. There's the wonder of, wow. That, that's one kind of wonder. It's, wow, that is awesome. Our God is amazing. But, of course, there's that other side of wonder, which is also awesome, which makes you go, I wonder what on earth is going on there. And, and you know, sometimes so much of our faith has none of that in it either. You know, we like everything explicable. Um, I used to have a church like that. Everything was explicable for 15 years. And then the Holy Spirit started attending our church. <laughs> and suddenly there was a whole lot of stuff that was not explicable. 
that my best answer was, I do not know. So um, we were in Istanbul, Turkey about three years ago. And uh, my wife went into a coffee shop and she's in the coffee shop and she, she had grown a little frustrated. She'd been there three or four days and there's a strict prohibition about sharing Jesus. Well, well it's not a strict prohibition, but basically um, there's a lot of tension if you share Jesus with Muslims in Turkey. And my wife was getting a bit anxious. She really wanted to tell somebody about Jesus, you know. And so she's sitting in the coffee shop and the waitress comes up. And Debbie looks over to her and just begins prophesying over it. And just said, you know, I just see this is what God says about you. And just begins to read this girl's mail. And the next thing, this girl is just crying. She said, how do you know this about me? And Debbie says, well, you know, God knows you and he loves you. And she's like, who are you? Why are you here? And Debbie got to share a little bit about our purpose in Turkey. Anyway, she comes back home and she says, we're going back for coffee. You, you, you got to pray for this girl. She doesn't tell me what she prophesied. She just says she prophesied. So I go back a couple of days later, and she, this girl walks up. Oh, so nice to see you. And I begin to pray over her. And the Lord gives me exactly the same word for this girl that my wife had had uh, two or three days uh, previously. And now she's just, she's just so open and touched by the presence of the Lord. And she goes off. And uh, the, girl, the ladies that we're with from the church there, we begin chatting miracle stories and stories of what some of the things that God's done. And one of the girls says, you know, Pastor Nigel, that gold dust thing, I, we've heard about that. You know, gold dust manifesting on people's hands and faces and everything. What's that about? So we share, uh, shared a little bit. And they said, we'd like that. So I said, well, let's pray. Let's, let's. And they're like, yeah, now? I said, why not? This is good in place then. And we prayed, and instantly a whole lot of us get gold dust on our hands and our faces. And as we are just busy doing the wow, you know, the wow, awesome. And they, this waitress walks up again, and she's like, hey, guys, what you doing? I, I'm not even sure she got to, would you like anything else? I think she was up there with, what are you up to? So we explained. We said, well, you know, this is what's happened. We prayed, and God put gold dust on our hands. And I looked at her and said, would you like some? And she's like, yes, I would. <laughs> so we prayed and instantly Goldust manifested on her hands and upper, upper arms and on her clothing. And now she is just rocked and she's going, why? Why is God doing this? Why? And I looked at her and said, well, I know why. It's because you're his princess. And he dresses his princesses in gold. Now she's a little bit, you know, her mind is in the wow factor. She just wanders off. Next thing, another waitress, not our waitress, walks up and gives us complimentary scones or it was biscuits or something. She gives us a compliment. She says, this is complimentary for your table. Um, you, it's, just, it's just free. I'm her friend. <laughs> and, and the next thing, um, so we, we begin praying for her, and, and then another waitress comes up. By the end of the time there, we got to pray and prophesy over four different waitresses. In the name of Jesus. And we got the opportunity to tell them that Jesus is alive, that he loves them, and he knows them. You know, it, it's so good when, when we get to carry Jesus to uh, two places. Amen. So I know you guys, I mean, I know you guys are a little bit, um, you, you guys know some of these things. Can I tell you some of the more strange ones? Like those are the normal ones. <laughs> so um, again, this recent trip to Gabon, just some amazing, amazing, beautiful th uh, things happened. So um, right, let me, I'll, I'm going to back up with another, another different road. I want to tell you some of the wonders because our God's a wonderful God. You know, you know, sometimes we need to expand our mindset about what is possible. And um, so my wife, I was ministering in Vacaville, California um, about three, four years ago. And I was going to be ministering at a supernatural school. And my wife was back in South Africa because it's difficult for us to travel together with our, with our kids. And, and, and so she was in a different time zone. And she sends me a prophetic word via email. She says, honey, I was praying for today's meeting. And um, I, I feel like I just heard the words, honey, glory. And I'm telling you this because of the song we, we just sang. Honey, glory, the rich honey, glory is going to be manifested in today's meeting. 
and she emailed me this word, but I was not in Wi-Fi, so I only got this word after the meeting. So during the meeting, it was filled with wonders. I mean, just the most extraordinary things happened. But one of the things that happened in that meeting, this girl comes up to me, and she, she's a tall, lovely young girl with her hair and a ponytail, and she comes up to me, and she says, Pastor, the weirdest thing has happened. She says, honey has manifested in my hair. And sure enough, we look around, her ponytail is stuck together with honey. She's literally got honey in her hair. And I'm like, how do you know that that is honey? She says, my roommate actually took my hair and sucked it because she wanted to know if it was honey. Mike, come on, let's be honest. There's two wonders there, isn't there? You know? Hey, there's two wonders. There's the, there's the, there's the honey and then there's the roommate. <laughs> and I'm not too sure which is the greater, you know? And she was like, do you want to try? I'm like, hey, hey, whoa. I believe your roommate. She's never lied to me before, you know? But isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Our God is a God of wonders. He's such a good, kind, loving God. In the, in the same meeting, <laughs> more of that, Jesus, more of that. In, in the same meeting, we're there and there, people are getting hit with a joy. People are just being filled with, la- uh, uh, with the laughter of the Lord and joy is breaking up. But there's one particular girl, she's wanting to receive from the Lord, but she's struggling. And I walk over to her, I'm praying for her. And, you know, she's, she's open and she's hungry, but not really getting much of a breakthrough. And all of a sudden the Lord says, introduce her to the little evangelist. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I just bless what you're doing. Yes, yes. Turn it up, Jesus. Oh, yes, yes. More of that too. Right there, right there. Just... Just get them, Jesus. Just get them all, Jesus. You know, I have an angel that travels with me. I call him smack because he'll come up and he'll just give you a smack. Literally, you'll see it. You'll see it. You'll be talking to someone and suddenly they go, it's like, the first time I met him, I was in Pemba, Mozambique, and I'd never encountered this stuff, the angels and everything. I'd never encountered that. And, um, I walk out of a prayer meeting and I can't walk properly and I'm, I'm doing this. And I was quite worried, actually. I, I was wondering if something neurologically had gone wrong, you know. I mean, let's be honest, you know, how awkward is it going to be if for the rest of your life you're going like this all of a sudden? And I'm really concerned. And this prophetic guy comes up to me and he says, hey, would you like to know what's happening with you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He says, oh, there's an angel behind you and he's hitting you. (laughs) Of course, my mind is going, you know, I mean, on a couple of levels, I'm going, there's an angel. And then the next thought is, why is he hitting me? What did I do? And so I'm sitting there and he's trying to, and, and he goes like this. I kid you not. He says, just hang on a moment. I want to teach him something. And he's not talking to me. He's talking over my shoulder. And he says, I want to teach him something. And I'm waiting. You know when you've got used to, you get, you, you've, you're now used to it because you can't see it coming, but you know it's coming. It's like it's when you've got hiccups, you're waiting for that next. And, and nothing happens. And he says, he's a butler. This angel, he's a butler angel. He's letting you know that he's going to go ahead of you. He's going to open doors for you and close do- uh, doors behind you. And the Lord's sending him to, uh, to, to open up things for you. And so he explains this and gives me a prophetic word. And he says, well, good night. And he walks down the path. And I'm standing there just trying to, you know, and he's about, about from here to where that door is. And he turns around and he goes, oh, sorry, I'm done. The moment he says that, wah. <laughs> so now coming back to the, this little girl in the meeting, she, she's sitting there and, she, and the Lord says to me, introduce her to the little evangelist. Now, the little evangelist was a guy in our family. 
was when I used to teach my children, if they weren't paying attention, I would always bring out a puppet. Because have you noticed how kids engage with a puppet? Sometimes more than they will with you. So like, for example, they come home from, from church, uh, children's church and say, hey, what did you learn at children's church? And they're like, whatever, dad, you know. <laughs> so I learned when they're really little, I'd have this guy come up and he'd say, hi there, hi. And your kids engage, they begin to talk to your hand, you know. They're like, hi, what did you learn at children's church? And they'll tell my hand. And then I just eavesdrop, you know. In fact, my son... My, I wanted, one day I wanted to understand, know if he understood about salvation, how it worked. So my son got to lead my hand to Jesus, you know. So he stood there and I said, hey, I heard that in order to get into heaven, you have to be really good. My son was like, no, that's not it at all. And he preached the gospel to my hand. And I said, how do I pray? And he said, come, I'll pray with you. And he grabbed my thumb and... And he got down on his knees, and Daniel led my hand to Jesus, you know. It was awesome. So now I remembered this story, and I'm like, oh. So I look at this girl, and I say, hey, would you like to meet the little evangelist? And she's like, yeah. And I said, and I said here he is. And she starts talking, and I, said, and I said, he wants to pray for you. Is that okay? And she's like, yeah, okay. I said, well, just hold his hand. So here's this analog, and she's like sitting there in this classroom, and she grabs my thumb, and my thumb, uh, and my the little evangelist goes, and the power of God just hits this girl off of her chair. The power of God hits her because she's now wide open. The presence of God floods her. She gets knocked to the floor and just explodes with joy, just coming out of it. And she just has this major encounter and breakthrough with God. It was so much fun, but the thing I really loved about it is after the meeting, she comes up, she says that, you know, that experience, it, it just, I've never experienced anything like that. That is so amazing. I, can I take a photo so I can remember this? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I put my arm around, and she looks at me and says, no, not with you, with, with the little evangelist. <laughs> so I'm like, And she took a photograph with her in my hand, you know. It was, it was so cool. I, I, that, that happened in the same class with Honey. I, our God's a glorious God. I, our God is so filled with wonders. He's so filled with kindness and goodness. And He loves you beyond, beyond anything you can imagine. Um, you know, God will go to great lengths to, to show you how much He loves you. Um, he's a father who loves to play with His children. He loves to play with His children. I, I love playing with my kids, but, but He is the greatest daddy, and He will play with you. So um, about, oh, uh, about eight years ago, we had a team come to our church from France, and there was a young girl on that team who was not in a good place with God. She had just literally come on the trip in order to, um, in order to come to South Africa, basically. And uh, she came. But the one session, when uh, this was eight years ago, my daughter, who's now a ballerina, she was 12 at the time, and we put on a conference for this French team. And I had her preach one of the sessions as a 12-year-old. And uh, she was preaching the session, and I told the people, I said, the reason she's doing this session is not just because she has a message, but because she is the message. And the reality is, is that our God is pouring out His Spirit on all flesh in this generation. That it's on men and women, it's on young and old, it's on every uh, tribe, tongue, and, na uh, and nation. There is no place anywhere in the world that is too hard for our God. There is no place, there is no situation, and there is no person that cannot be touched by the power and the presence of God. And so anyway, my daughter Jess shared a message on going to heaven, and then she took this entire team of French people into the presence of the Lord. And uh, she, she led them in this encounter, and she, this is what she said. She said, I want you to see heaven open and enter into heaven. I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version. And uh, when you get there, these big double doors open, and Jesus is waiting for you. He's got something to say to you. Listen to what he's got to say. And then after that, she said, Jesus wants to 
take you somewhere. Go with him. Now, Jesus wants to play a game with you. Just what does he want to play? Go play with him. And then after that, she said, well, you're with Jesus. Do whatever he tells you to do. And it's an amazing thing because what happens is that uh, this whole room full of people have these encounters. And then Jess says, okay, does anyone want to share what happened? This, this girl puts up a hand. She says, I've got to share with you what just happened to me. She said, as soon as you said about the staircase, I saw it in front of me. And I climbed up that staircase and I got to the top. And there was Jesus waiting for me. And when you said, he's got something to say, I looked at him. And, you know, sometimes we expect the Lord to have words of, well, where have you been? <laughs> but Jesus looked at her and smiled and said, I've been waiting for you. I love you. And then she t- uh, he said, come, I want to show you something. And took her into this beautiful forest. And then uh, in, the, in the forest, when they got to playing the game, they said, what do you want to play? And the Lord said, let's play hide and seek. And she, uh, she said, okay. And she went and counted, and she counted to 20, and the Lord went and hid. And she said, the moment she counted, to, uh, she got to 20, she opened her eyes, and she looked around. And I can remember her words to this day. She said, I looked away, and he was hiding behind a tree, but he was so big, he was sticking out on both sides. And she said, c'était si mignon, which means it's so cute. It was so cute. <laughs> and so she went over to the Lord and he said, okay, I'll go and hide again. And this time she went and counted and she opened her eyes and the Lord was hiding behind a big rock. But he was way bigger than the rock. And he was sticking out in all different ways. And so she went over and, and three times the Lord went and hid. And three times she opened her eyes and she saw him immediately. And finally she went over to the Lord and she said, Lord, there's no point. I can always find you. And he turned around and said, exactly, sweetheart. You will always find me if you look for me. Then the Lord picked her up and carried her over the forest. And she's looking at this beautiful forest, but there are dead places in the forest. And she says, Lord, what is this place? And what's going on there? And the Lord said, this forest is your life. It's really beautiful. But there are places where there's devastation. And those are places where you have not forgiven. And they landed in one of those places which represented a close family relationship with her dad. And it was just all these dead black trees everywhere. And he said, honey, wouldn't you like to forgive now? And she said, yes, father. And the moment she said yes, these trees grew back. She sat down and her younger sister was there two years younger than she said, I've got to share next. She had had the mirror experience, exactly the same experience with one significant difference. She wept and hid, not the Lord. And so when she was uh, playing hide and seek, she could hear him counting. She thought, wow, this is awesome. And she found her best hiding place. She said she went down in the, behind this, uh, in this cave and she was in there and she could hear him counting. She said, he will never find me. And she heard 20 and the Lord was standing next to her. And he said, go hide again. And uh, it happened three times. And after the third time, she said, Lord, this is not fair. You are God. I can't hide from you. And he said, exactly, sweetheart. You can't hide from me. I know where you are and I know who you are. Isn't our God beautiful? I want to tell you, those girls went home utterly changed. Our God, an encounter with our God will change your life. And you, you are called to carry his person, to carry his presence everywhere you, uh, you go. You are made to live in union with God. Your, your whole, the, the whole aim of our life, the reason you have been created is for one reason and one reason alone. It's to know God to know Him and to be connected to Him, that His life would flow into you and you would experience the God kind of life. Jesus said, I have come <laughs> that, that you might have life. You see, this my problem with, with scriptures. I have 
I said, oh gosh, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly, abundantly. If you look at some translations, actually, oh Jesus. Give me a moment, I'm coming, I'm coming. Stop it, smack, smack him. So, some translations actually say that you might have the God's kind of life. The only way you can have God's kind of life is when God himself pours himself into you and through you. You, you know, this is why you're alive. You're alive to know God. There is no other purpose. There is nothing worth living for. More real, more wonderful than knowing God's life in you. My brother, that was the introduction. Are we okay? More, Lord. Dad, get everyone drunk so they don't notice the time. I really have a sense for you, for this region, for this church, that God is wanting to release upon you a whole new wave of prosperity. In 3 John, verse 2, the Bible says, brothers, I pray that you might prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. <sighs> Made it. Praise you, Jesus. I got through that one, more or less. God is wanting to create conditions within you that you prosper. Prosperity is so much more than money. But it also includes money. Please let's not get all religious and think that God does not care about the, 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 oh gosh, oh gosh, oh man, it's coming off of you. Oh Jesus, oh please do not, oh Jesus. Wow, the joy that's coming off of your face is just so lovely. Wow. God cares about every area of your life and your soul. He cares about your finances, but He cares so much about your soul. He cares so much that in your soul, you would be healthy and hearty and happy. He cares so much that He creates conditions for us to live in prosperity. More Jesus. More Jesus. Okay. Just. Turn with me in your Bibles to Deuteronomy 8, verse 1. Cindy, uh, Doug, I'm going to need you to read it. I, I'm not going to try and read this. Just, I think, okay, Deuteronomy 8, start from verse 1. I'll tell you when to, to stop. Go to verse 5, 1 to 5. Be careful to follow 
every command I'm giving you today <clears throat> so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Okay. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you, uh, you nor your fathers had known to teach you that, that God does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. <laughs> know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord disciplines you. I think that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Didn't he do a great job? Give him a hand. Sure did a better job than I would have. You know, the amazing, the amazing thing is about this passage of Scripture, it displays the heart of our Father in the most amazing way. Because what God does is God takes us on a journey, but remember He's taking you somewhere. If you are not in a place now that you want to be, remember that your Father is taking you on a journey and He's bringing you into the promise that He has for you. So... Remember, the Bible says, God works all things together for good for those who love the Lord. So if it's not good, it's not the end. If it's not good, it's not the end. But the journey that He takes us on, very often He takes us on that journey in order to create within us the conditions to sustain the promise and the prosperity that He wants us to live in. So... Here's a picture, and listen, for those of you concerned about the noise, etc., don't worry. Just push past it. Push past it and focus in on what God is doing because He's touching people and He's loving people, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. No. You see, God is a good God. He's wanting to bring you into a good land. And the Bible says that God is the one who gives us the ability to create wealth. Now, first of all, in our modern world, we need to understand something. If God is the one who gives us the ability to create wealth, wealth cannot be a bad thing. Now, the modern media gives us the impression that wealth is a bad thing. But I want to tell you, if you are not blessed, you cannot be a blessing to anyone else. I, I, I'm not American. I do not come from America. But I know that America is the most generous nation in the world. I actually have looked at statistics. And if you take American giving to missions and put it on one side and take the rest of the world combined, America still outgives the rest of the world. Now, I want to tell you that would not be possible if God hadn't blessed this nation. And God wants His people to prosper. God wants you to prosper. Tell the person next to you, God wants you to prosper. So, Having understood that, how does he begin to create those conditions? One of the most important conditions for prosperity of your soul is that you would know the nature of your God. That you would know what he's like. God says in the book of Jeremiah 29, uh, 29 verse 9, it's that God gives us this word. In fact, this is the first promise he ever gave me. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And I want to tell you, this is a promise for people, for families, 
for cities and for nations. God has a plan for nations. And this is his plan. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That's, do you know that God dreams over nations? Do you know the poorest nation in the world, God's dreaming and he's looking and he's saying, I've got a plan for you. And it's not a plan for poverty. It's not a plan for bloodshed. It's not a plan for disorder. It's a plan for prosperity, for hope and a future. You know, he's, he's just not the God who looks and says, I got a plan for you, boy. Come here. Because you see, that, that's the religious picture we've so often given of God. I've got plans for you. I saw what you did. Yep, it is. But you see what God does in order to bring Israel into the prosperity that he has for her, he takes her on a road to prepare her for that prosperity. And what he does is he leads her into the desert before she arrives at the promised land. Why did he do that? Because she had grown up as an orphan in Egypt. And she did not have the mindset to sustain prosperity. And so we get led often in seasons of our life when God is wanting to take us into a higher level of prosperity. We sometimes go into a hard season. How many of you have ever had a prophetic word? God's going to prosper you and you're going, yes, I knew it. Woo! And then your life seems to go that direction when you're expecting it to go that direction. Do not despair. Because what God is doing is he is preparing your wineskin for the wine he's about to release. Because that is the nature of our God. And so what happens is he takes Israel into the desert, into the, and he gives them certain lessons. Now, these are the lessons of the desert, and they're so important. First one, the only place of safety is in the presence of God. You see, Israel went into the desert, and by day, they would follow the pillar of cloud. What was the pillar of cloud? It was the manifested presence of God. And so Israel would learn, where must we be? Follow the cloud, follow the presence, follow the presence. At night, when they made, when they made a camp, there would be a pillar of fire, and they would camp around the fire. And so for a generation, they learned where do we walk? We follow the cloud. We follow the presence. Where do we camp? Where do we find security? Where do we rest? We follow the pillar of fire. And so they lived continually in the presence of God. I want to tell you, this what you're experiencing here, this chaos, it's such a good thing. It's such a treasure. I, I, I want to tell you, I've been to many, many, many churches where Jesus does not attend. They've closed the door. They, they're so uncomfortable with the presence of God that, that they have no openness to allowing God to come. Now, some people say, well, how do you know it's God? Well, you know what? You judge a tree by the fruit and fruit comes over time. Never judge a manifestation by the manifestation. Judge it by the fruit. And fruit takes time to develop. So pursue the presence. Pursue, pursue God's love. Pursue His presence on your life. It's your place of safety. Yeah. And you know the amazing thing is, as you follow the presence, the presence can humble you. It's, you know what's a funny thing? People all around the world, people say things to me like, you know, Nigel, 
that thing that you do when you read the Bible and it, you're just trying to draw attention to yourself. I'm like, yeah, you know, I just grew up with my main ambition was to make an idiot of myself on five different continents. I just wanted to go all around the world and stand up and look like a clown. But what happened to me, how this began was a French prophetess prophesied in my church. She calls me up and she says, Najal, I have a word for you. She says, she starts reading from Isaiah chapter 60, which starts off, arise, shine. So she goes, Nigel, arise, shine. And I dropped on the floor. And she stopped and she goes, no, Nigel, I said arise. (laughs) And I don't know what happened, but from that day, this this, manifestation or the sign began to start that every time I'd get in the pulpit and read the Bible, I would get drunk. At first, I thought it was only going to last maybe a week or two, you know, so I thought it was quite cool, but then it stuck. It stuck. And it, you know, sometimes it, it, you know, sometimes in places the Lord will dial me down and it just sounds like I've got a moderate stutter, but there are other times, there are other times, there are other times when he dials me right up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is your one, Chip. This is your one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got something to say now. So, yeah, get him, Jesus. He's being naughty. And, you know, after a while, I started, I started trying to be smarter than God. I started trying to dial it down. I started, you know, I started trying to make myself more acceptable. And, and, and one day, another good friend of mine came up and says, Nigel, how long did you pray for signs and wonders? I said, at least 15 years. He said, then you need to be content if God decides to make you the sign that makes other people wonder. <laughs> wonder if it's God or wonder if you're an idiot. But you know what? You just go for it. And I want to tell you, when the fire of God and the presence of God comes on your life, it will humble you. It will humble you. And you have to choose. What do you want? Do you want the real thing? Do you want God's presence in your life? Or are you going to hold on to your precious dignity? To your, your oh-so-precious image? Because I want to tell you something. Your dignity will not help anyone. But Christ on you can change the world. And we live in a world that's desperate not for more Christians, but for more Christ. More of Jesus on Christians. When we go carrying Him and His presence, it will change the world. And God's presence, when you live in the presence, it will humble you. There will be times when you think, oh God, please, please, just, it's enough now. But when you pray that and you want to dial him down, remember there is someone somewhere who needs Jesus on you. He he needs Jesus maximized on you. Not a little dose of Jesus, not a little bit of Jesus. He wants everything. Amen. Next thing you learn in the desert, uh, in the process of pursuing God's presence, hunger develops in you. Do you know that hunger is a gift? Hunger for God is such a gift. You know, dead things are not hungry. Dead things are not hungry. You know, when was the last time that you, you, know, you saw a dead cow chewing the grass? Or a rock? One of the signs of life is hunger. And you know, Sometimes we just get so full of other things. We get so full of other things that our hunger gets dampened down. And then the Lord comes and he takes you into the desert. And all of a sudden you start feeling hungry. I mean, in our family, we have, an exp- we have a noise for this. There are seasons where I find myself just praying. And this is my only prayer. I'm like, ah! Does anyone know, anyone relate to that? Where you can't even verbalize it. You just know, God, I need more. I need more. I want you more. And Lord, ah! 
Lord, I would like to say this morning in my most dignified way, ah! 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 And it's a, a guttural cry from my belly. God, I want more of you. I don't want more religion. I don't need another sermon. I don't even need another prophetic word, although I love prophetic words. I need more of you. God takes you to the desert to develop and to un, uh, uh, and reveal the hunger that is within you. Because all of us are created with a supernatural hunger for God. You're made to be hungry for God because you prosper on God. And so He'll take you to places where you are literally thinking, oh, I just need more of Jesus. That's the gift of the desert. Mm. God takes you to teach you. Because hunger is an invitation uh, to press in for more of God. And the next thing he says, and then he teaches you and he feeds you with manna to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, you see, you see his voice is real food. You get strength in your walk with God from the word of God. The word of God is, it's, it's, the, it's what your soul lives on. It's what your spirit lives on. And, and you see the word, and I'm not talking about, I, I love the Bible, read your Bible. But you know, there's times when God takes the word and makes it alive in you. Amen. It's when he speaks his, uh, his word. And you see what that is, is it's that place where you're connecting in relationship with God. Because you were made for relationship. You were made to know him and walk with him. You, you were not made for religion. See, what religion is, do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. And you can do that without him. But you can't have a relationship without him. You've got to have him. And his word gives us life. The result of Israel going into this place of the presence and feeding themselves on him, they enter into a timeless zone. Because the Bible says that what happened to them is they went into the desert and for 40 years, they did not, they did not hunger because he fed them. And for 40 years, their, their clothes did not wear out. Their shoes did not wear out. They, it was, they were in a timeless, eternal zone. God causes hunger in your life to bring you to this place where you step into your real destiny. And your destiny is to live from the unseen realm, from the abundant resources and the supernatural resources of the kingdom of God. And then one day what happens is that Israel enters into the promised land. But in the promised land, the temptation of the promised land is to forget the lessons of the desert. That you begin to transfer your allegiance and your faith to the seen realm instead of living from the unseen realm. You see, I, I want to tell you something. God has prosperity for you. I know it. I, I believe God is about to release a wave of prosperity, new jobs, new opportunities, uh, new, uh, new relationships, new connections for, uh, for this region. But when that prosperity comes, God is one, it, it is a beginning, not an ending. It is a beginning, not an ending. Whether it becomes the full stop on what God wants to do or it just becomes a comma into the next paragraph will be determined on whether or not you put the full stop at this is where we were meant to go instead of realizing that actually this God is pouring out his abundance on us that we might be a blessing to the world. And that will be determined whether you will live from the seen realm or the unseen realm. Whether you will continue to live in the presence, remain hungry for him, 
live in relationship with him and listen daily for his word. Listen for his word. Who does he say you are? Some of you are sitting there right now and you're saying, oh, Chish, I wish this was true. I wish I could prosper. I want to prosper. I want to tell you, you can. Will you listen to the voice of your father? Will you get in touch with what the Holy Spirit says you were made for? Why did he make you? For some of you, the prosperity that he has for you is a prosperity of relationships. He just wants to flood your life with new friends, with friends and connections so that you can love the hell out of some people, literally. Amen? Because God wants our inner world to be as beautiful as our outer world. Amen? So I want to pray for you. Wow. Wow. You, did you want to do, you wanted to do an offering, I uh, uh, think. Okay, let's do that and then we'll, then we'll go. All right. All right, great. <laughs> We're going to, because what's going to happen is Nigel moves into prayer for us and I know it's going to move into ministry and then don't know what's going to happen after that. So uh, uh, we want to go ahead and receive. A love offering from our brother here. So go ahead and get your gift ready. Amen. I know that we're going to go over time today. That's okay. Uh, if you have to leave, we totally understand. And you've got something that's requiring you to, to be somewhere right after church. We totally understand and we love you and we release you to be able to do that. Don't feel bad at all about having to leave early. and But we're just going to see what the Lord wants to do. And we'll be here as long as God wants us to be here. All right? So, Father, we thank you, God, for our brother here. We thank you for the gift that's within him. Father, we thank you, God, that for the deposit <clears throat> that you are allowing him to make within our church today. God, for, I thank grateful for the relationship we have with this man, with his family, with his children, with his wife. God, we thank you, Lord, that we partner with him, that wherever you send him all over the world, God, that we're going with him. God, we're part of the trip. God, because we are, we're able to give in to him. We pray, Father, as he, when he leaves here, he heads to Germany. We pray, God, that there's going to be amazing ministry in that nation. So you allow him to minister, Father. And go. So, Father, we just thank you for the opportunity <clears throat> to be happy children and to give. Father, we give you praise for it. Amen. So let's go ahead and receive our offering for Nigel. Thank you, honey. Hallelujah. Do we want to remind you that I think there are a few sets of books left back there. Uh, it's an amazing ensemble of books for the family, for the children. Uh, we bought a set and I've been reading through them and they're just, they're, they're absolutely amazing. So, okay, Nigel. All right. So, um. We're going to end like this. Um, firstly, I just want to say, um, I just want to commend this house because what we just experienced, for some of you, I don't know, maybe it was a little chaotic, but the presence of God is really welcome here. And so first thing, first thing I just want to say is I want to encourage you to treasure and honor what you have here because it's not that common and and treasure it treasure it so holy spirit's already working here and he's working deeply in people's hearts but I, I feel like what i'd like to do um is i would like to release an apostolic blessing over the house over each person here um the, the apostolic, the function of the apostolic is to enable people to see from heaven's perspective, to see earth and see your life from heaven's perspective. 
And that's, and that's what brings us in to the purposes of God. And um, so that's the first thing I want to do is I want to pray over each of you an apostolic blessing of breakthrough for, uh, for prosperity. And then after that, I think what we'll probably do is end off with a fire tunnel. Does that sound good? We'll end off with a fire tunnel. Um, can I tell you one, one last story? Can I tell you one last fire tunnel story? In, in Gabon recently, we did a, the wildest, one of the wildest fire tunnels I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, my wife gave me a prophetic word that she saw people going through golden hoops and that it would be a picture of stepping from one season into a new season. And you see, that's what we've been talking about today, of going from the desert into the promise. Amen? And uh, so anyway, we do this fire tunnel. I said, it's going to be a hoop tunnel. Just imagine you're going through these golden hoops. Anyway, there was a lady there who did not want to do it. She just thought we were all a bit cooked, to be quite honest with you. And so... She, the fire tunnel was lining up at the front, but there was an exit on this side of the building. So she started walking to the exit to, to get out. But as she got to the exit, the pastor's wife came out and said, oh, you must go first and grabbed her and put her at the front of the fire tunnel. And in Africa, we've got a very respect-based culture. And so there was no way she was going to say no. She was like, yes, pastor. And she's not wanting to go through the fire tunnel. And she's now at the front of the line. She steps into the uh, fire tunnel and all of a sudden she notices a man in front of her dressed in white and she can see with her eyes the golden hoops. And uh, she had been the first and then suddenly there's a guy in white in front of her and he is jumping through these hoops. So she copies him. She jumps through the first hoop and bearing in mind she was not keen on getting drunk in the Holy Spirit or anything. She jumps through the first one and she gets a bit of a wobble. She's like, Whoa. what was that? She gets to the second one. She jumps through and it gets worse. There were seven hoops. And she jumped through these seven hoops. And on the seventh one, she jumped through. It was right at the end. She jumped through and collapsed on the floor. Drunk as anything. She's lying on her back. And she looked up and she saw the cloud of God's glory swirling around the room. Just swirling around the room. In that meeting, about 90% of the people in the meeting got gold flakes on their hands, on their faces, on their clothing. They were literally covered with, uh, with gold flakes. And this lady actually literally saw the cloud of glory swirling around the meeting. And we actually saw it manifested on people's uh, clothing. We, we live in an amazing time. There is more available and there is uh, more coming. So we're going to do that. Won't you stand? I'm going to pray for you. Lift your hands up. Now, for some of you, you've been feeling the presence of God just coming on you right the way through the service. What I want you to do is I want you just to just close your eyes and just to begin to thank God for what He was doing uh, to you during the service. Because whatever we focus on, we get more of. Whatever we praise God for and we are thankful for, we get more of. So just begin thanking God for that. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I release prosperity, Lord. I release an apostolic blessing over this house. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, I bless this house. I bless these people in Jesus' name. May God cause His face to shine upon you. May He cause rain to fall on your land. May your bank accounts be filled. May your relationships be rich and whole and, uh, and prosperous. May your bodies be healthy in Jesus' name. May God grant you favor. May God grant you favor in, uh, in your relationships, in your business dealings, in your opportunities. May favor come on you. May favor come on you. More, Lord. More, Lord. More of you. I thank you, Lord. For every person you've already touched, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord. Father, the, the lady there with the yellow hat on, yes, yes, more Lord, more Lord, get her, Jesus. 
Fill her full of your love. More, Lord. Yeah, tall guy. Bless him, Jesus. Isn't it cool being tall? I can see you. Get him, Jesus. Fill, fill, fill. This road down here. All hold hands, all of you. Hold hands. So, Father, right now. All the way down, Jesus. All the way down. Okay, send it back, guys. Send it back. Okay, let's, let, let's go that way again. That way, that way now. Don't you love playing with Jesus? More. More, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord. You're so lovely. There's just such a beautiful spirit on you. There's just such a spirit of glory all over you. You're so loved by Jesus. You're so loved by Jesus. You're so loved by Jesus. Wow. I, you, you, I just see you, you're just this reservoir of glory. You, <laughs> you're really good at taking care of things. Um, you, you have a great ability to collect. And you just collect the glory and the blessings of the Lord. And you're going to pour them out in the most wonderful way. Psh, 